1: Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi Birth Tales with you all. This week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is brought to you by the Balanced Mama Project. It is a supportive online community and offers online courses helping women take care of themselves after pregnancy and birth. The Balanced Mama Project is run by two mums, a qualified nutritionist and a Pilates and bar instructor. Their online courses cover nutrition and postnatal safe exercises in the fourth trimester, first year of motherhood and beyond. The Balanced Mama Project is about empowering women to take back their postpartum journey and prioritise their health without fads. As part of this week's sponsorship, The Balanced Mama Project are also offering an awesome giveaway, so if you're listening to this week's episode in real time, then go and check the Kiwi Birth Tales Instagram for that giveaway. Really excited to be partnering with the team at The Balanced Mama Project, and I'm super grateful that you guys came on board this week and sponsored the episode. So yeah, I really appreciate your support. In today's episode I speak with Kendall and she takes us through the birth story of her beautiful son Oakley and Kendall talks us through their pregnancy which started overseas and then how they returned to New Zealand. They had some abnormal scans along the way so she talks us through what that was like and then eventually into her birth story which was actually quite traumatic for Kendall. So she talks us through her birth um, which she ended up having forceps and um, it was quite a long labour And Kendall takes us through, I guess, processing that birth experience post Oakley being born and some issues that they had with bonding initially and the guilt that she found around that and then also their breastfeeding journey and just sort of postpartum in general. So I think it's a really important episode. Kendall mentioned feeling really lonely and isolated that she was having these feelings and she'd never really heard anyone else speak about them before. So I think it's really important that we share these kinds of stories on the podcast and know that you're not alone if you're feeling a similar way to Kendall and yeah there's always help available to you if you need it. I'm super grateful to Kendall for coming on the podcast and sharing her real and honest experiences with us and I'm looking forward to bringing you this week's episode so let's jump into it. Hi Kendall thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today.
0: No worries thank you for having me.
1: No problem would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family?
0: Sure. Um, I'm Kendall, um, and I live in Morrinsville with my partner, Jessie, and our baby boy, Oakley, who is 10 months old.
1: <laughs> awesome. Oakley's a beautiful name. I love that. <laughs>
0: Thanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And do you want to talk us through what the journey to pregnancy was like for you?
0: Sure. Um, so in about April last year, uh, Jesse and I decided um, we'd like to start trying for a baby, Um, and so, yeah, we, we started in April. I was trying not to, um, get my hopes up. You know, I knew that it it could possibly take quite a while. Um, and, um, I, so I started using ovulation, uh, tests, um, just to see, you know, when the most fertile day was. Mm. Um, and anyway, we were lucky enough to, um, fall pregnant, um, in April, um, yeah, so I I do feel very lucky because I know, um, not everyone has, um, has it that simple. Um, but I guess, um, yeah, we got, um, pregnant relatively easy and then the pregnancy itself was, was less simple. So
1: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I know that you said in your email that you were traveling, is that right? When you found out that you were pregnant or just before?
0: Yeah. Um, so we, we were living in Scotland, um, doing an OE and working over there and, um, yeah, we were on, so a couple of weeks after we started trying, we were on holiday in Ireland um, and I felt, I felt a bit queasy and a bit weird um, and my boobs were really sore um, and I was just convinced that it was my period coming and Jessie kept saying, no, no, I think you're pregnant, <laughs> but anyway, I didn't want to get my hopes up, so I um, I just put it off. I was like, no, it's fine. Um, when we got back to, to Scotland, um, my period was late. But again, you know, I didn't want to get my hopes up because my period was often late. Um, So I waited until I think it was five days overdue. um, And that's when I took a test. And yeah, sure enough, it was positive.
1: Yeah. And how were you sort of feeling um, in those initial few weeks? Did you experience many symptoms um, in that first trimester?
0: Yeah. So so pretty much from conception, um, I felt nauseous. Mm. And over the first few weeks, um, that got worse and worse, um, to the point where I was just vomiting after everything, after eating mm. anything, um, which was, yeah, pretty horrible. Um, but I mean, I just assumed it was kind of normal because, you know, morning sickness is really common. Um, so I put up with that for about a month, just kind of either in bed or on the couch for a month, couldn't work, couldn't do anything. Um, and then we had our first midwife appointment, um, and in the UK, it's a little bit different. So you don't pick a midwife, um, you get assigned one through the NHS. Uh, so we, we went to our first appointment, um, doing a general checkup and she said, no, you've got hyperemesis. This isn't normal. Um, and I'd lost about four kgs, which I guess isn't much, but probably not great when you're trying to put on weight. Um, yeah, and so I was admitted to a hospital and um, was on a drip for a couple of days um, just because I was so dehydrated. Um, I hadn't really kept anything down for a month or so. Um, yeah, so that wasn't a great start. Um, and we, but, sorry, <laughs> um, the only thing that would help was a mixture of two different um, anti-nausea medications. So then I was on that the next few months and it worked really well but um, I'd still feel pretty gross most of the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. and how were you sort of um, feeling I guess about the rest of your pregnancy? Did it sort of feel like you were in for the long haul with hyperemesis or um, yeah how were you feeling I guess emotionally at that stage?
0: It wasn't great Um just being constantly exhausted and mm. just yeah nausea is when it's constant, it's just really, really depressing and debilitating, like unable to do anything. Um, there was one point where I didn't leave the house for two weeks um, and we were in a tiny one bedroom apartment and I was just cooped up in there and I got really weak as well, um, which I wasn't used to. And so Jesse had to look after me and cook all my meals and everything. And so it wasn't, um, it wasn't kind of a dream sort of pregnancy that I thought it might be. And um, all the research I did on hyperemesis, you know, can be mild to severe where you'll vomit um, right up until you give birth. Um, so I was hoping that it wasn't going to be that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, it wasn't a great start. But um, but yeah, once I got admitted to hospital, it kind of got better from there. So that was good.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what was the um, sort of second trimester of your pregnancy like? Do you want to take us through... Um yeah I guess your hyperemesis journey and then what sort of standard testing did you do and um, yeah what happened in your pregnancy from there?
0: Sure so we were still in Scotland um, when we had our first test which is a 12-week test um, and the baby looked all normal on the scan um, at the time and then we got the results back um, and they said there was a one in twenty-eight chance of having a chromosomal abnormality, um, and I was so worried. I mean, given that um, the normal rating for someone my age—I think I was twenty. What was I? Twenty-seven at the time um, should have been like one in a thousand. So I was—I mm. was so nervous and scared that um, that the baby wasn't healthy, or you know, there was um, something wrong. Um, so we decided to do a. CVS, a chorionic villus sample um, because at that stage in the pregnancy that was the only thing that we could do at that time um, especially because we were leaving for New Zealand two weeks after Um, so yeah CVS isn't that pleasant Um, basically (laughs) lie down and they have an ultrasound on your stomach while they insert a needle um, through your abdomen and then grab a bit of placenta and they, um, they do tests on that. Um, so, yeah, luckily um, from those tests and the microarray, um, everything was normal, um, and we found out we're having a boy at that stage, um, so that was exciting. Um, but, yeah, it was a very stressful time um, being given the 1 in 28 odds.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then after that, yeah, we went back to New Zealand and... The high premises was much better, and uh, we just carried on with the normal testing, um, found a midwife in Cambridge and yeah, I think the next scan was um, was twenty weeks, um, and that was exciting. everything was all good then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how did you go um finding a midwife? like I know there can sometimes be quite a shortage, so how did you go in that sort of later stage of your pregnancy?
0: Sure. um I Pretty much as soon as um, we found out we were pregnant, we started looking for a midwife. We knew that when we moved back to New Zealand, we would be in Cambridge. So um, it did take me a while, though. I probably got in touch with about, I don't know, six to ten midwives, and most of them were just busy. I didn't know um, the end of the year was a busy time Mm -hmm. for babies. Yeah, yeah, so we found a lovely lady in Cambridge in the end, um, and she took us on when we arrived at about I think we we're about 14 or 15 weeks then yeah so that was good nice
1: awesome and did you do antenatal classes or any type of um, birth education
0: yep we did antenatal classes through the Cambridge Parent Center and that was really useful um, a lot of good information uh, we, we already knew some of it but it was good just to get a, a deeper understanding of the different stages of labor yeah uh, and the different you know instruments they can use and uh all the pain medication just all those things that we um didn't know just in a bit more detail yeah it was useful
1: yeah cool and did you have much of an idea of how you sort of wanted your birth to go or much of a birth plan
0: we weren't too phased really I mean ideally we would have I think I was hoping for um you know to try not to use any um pain relief um, as far as I could Um, and we knew that we wanted to have um, the baby at the hospital just because there'd been you know the complications previously so we thought that would be the safest place to be Um, but other than that we're pretty much open to anything if we needed a um, cesarean that was fine Um, but we we wanted to have a go at um, birthing naturally and without the pain medication that was the goal anyway.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And what about your sort of preparation for um, birth? Were you doing any of the lots of things that you can Google or your midwife might tell you um, to prepare for labour and birth?
0: I did a few things. Yeah. uh, The raspberry leaf tea, um, which tastes horrible. Um, (laughs) And curb walking, um, which felt really ridiculous. But yeah, we did that all around um, our neighbourhood. The perennial massage. I think that was most of what I did. Um, not sure if it helped or not but um, it's nice to at least feel like you're trying to get things moving.
1: Yeah yeah for sure. Cool and do you want to talk us through um, into your labour and birth story? So did your labour start spontaneously and how far along were
0: you? Sure uh, so I was 40 weeks in one day and woke up I think it was New Year's Eve. Yep, it was New Year's Eve. And I woke up at two o'clock in the morning to pee, like I did most (laughs) nights at that time now. Um, And I noticed um, some um, reddy pink liquid. Um, It didn't look like blood, but it looked like blood mixed with something. And so there wasn't much of it, but just anything pink or red was enough to freak me out. So um, we rang our midwife and she said that it sounded like waters but they hadn't broken they were just leaking so she said go back to sleep and see how you go throughout the day so we did that managed to get a bit more sleep um, and the contractions didn't come on at all Um, throughout the day I was just leaking a little bit um, not much really and when I hopped in the shower um, a bit more came out probably because I was a bit more relaxed Um, but yeah nothing no show or anything like that so I think at about five or six o'clock that day, we went to uh, see our midwife at her clinic um, and she just um, you know, monitored the baby um, and wanted to check um, what was actually happening. And I think once it gets to about 18 hours after your waters have started to break, you pretty much have to go to hospital because of the risk of infection. So uh, yeah, we headed over to Waikato Hospital Uh, that night at about eight o'clock and pretty much just got a room um, and waited for a delivery suite to become available. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was all New Year's Eve. (laughs) Um, Then then we got woken up at about 2 a.m. on New Year's Day um, to move to the delivery suite and they hooked me up to um, a drip of oxytocin to get the um, labor moving and the contraction started. So that was going for about, I think, four hours until uh, labor was officially, until I was in um, proper labor, established labor, sorry, that's the word. (laughs) Um, So we managed to get um, a little bit of sleep for that. And then from about 6am, we were up and basically just waiting. And, yeah, the contractions were coming um, steadily throughout the day, um, increasing in pain and um, becoming faster. Um, I think maybe around lunchtime the midwife checked um, the dilation and I was about three or four centimetres. So it was good. They knew um, that it was working. um, But, yeah, it was quite a long process Um, at about – four o'clock in the afternoon so I've been on the oxytocin for oh no i had been in labor for about 10 hours um the pain was really really bad um and I wasn't coping very well um and some of it was just being stuck in that mm. room and I wanted to go outside and I was feeling really claustrophobic yeah. um the whole time they had me um they had the strap monitoring the baby. So I couldn't really move because they needed to um, monitor the baby the whole time. And I wasn't allowed to eat anything in case they needed Mm -hmm. to do a cesarean. So I was just exhausted and yeah, not, not happy at all. So the anethicist came in and, um, told me all the options and they didn't sound great to me. Um, the one I ended up going for was PCA, but um, I initially didn't want to do it because the warning that came with it was sometimes when you're on it, you forget how to breathe. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, well, I don't really want to forget how to breathe. Um, But they assured me that no, they would remind me. Um, So yeah, I went on that and that that was really helpful. So we had another few hours of actually just kind of chilling with our midwife um just chatting um and they let me eat and, eat a popsicle which was which was nice um but then I vomited that up so yep had still had no food <laughs> no energy um and then I think we probably got to maybe seven or eight at night um in the PCA just it wasn't enough anymore um I was trying to push there was a little button to push the the medication um, through and it just it wasn't doing anything Mm -hmm. anymore so I was trying to change positions and pacing around the room and going to the bathroom but um, I was hooked up to the oxytocin still plus antibiotics and fluids so getting up and moving Mm -hmm. was really really hard and um, I think I ended up on the bed on all fours But from about, I think between eight and 10, it's kind of a blur because I was falling asleep between each contraction. I was just so tired. And then all of a sudden I remember them saying, it's time to push. And I was like, (laughs) oh, what? (laughs) I don't, um, I'm not ready for that. But yeah, they woke me up and it was time. Uh, (laughs) So when it came to the pushing, because I was hooked up to all these machines um, and still had um, the baby heart monitor on my stomach. I had to lie down on my back, which was which I think they say isn't the best way um, to labor or at least it's a bit difficult. Um, but anyway, so that's that was my option. So I was on my back um, and then Oakley's heart rate heart rate started to um, get too high um, and they pretty much just needed to get him out. so, one of the um, obstetricians came in uh, and it was decided that they were going to use forceps to get him out. Um, so had to put my feet up in the <laughs> stirrups, it's, which is ridiculously uncomfortable um, as if you're not already in enough pain. And um, and then, yeah, put the forceps in. And then after that, I just remember um, – it was just really dark, um, and really awful. Um, each time, you know, you get to the peak of the contraction and they just say, push, push, push. And I was just closing my eyes and it just felt like I was in the dark Mm. all by myself in pain. And it was just horrible. Um, and yeah, that lasted for about, I think almost an hour of pushing. Um, and he finally arrived, um, all, um, with the help of the forceps, and he was very blue and bruised, um, but he was okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so he was he was all right when he came out, and did they put him up on your chest and um, you had skin to skin, or what sort of happened from there?
0: Yeah, they put him up on my chest, um, but only for about two minutes um, as he wasn't breathing right. So that was just enough time for um, Jesse, my partner, to cut the cord yeah, he was on me for a couple of minutes, and then they took him over to um, the little a little table in the room and put him on the, the breathing yeah. respirator, probably for about 40 minutes. Um, and I was kind of in shock, I think, the whole time, um, just exhausted on the table, just – oh, sorry, on the bed, just lying there. Um, yeah, and it was – I couldn't really feel anything um, emotionally because I was just um, probably relatively traumatized Mm. by the whole process. And then, um, yeah, and I just had no energy. So I would just, I just lay there while they, they worked on, on Oakley. And um, then the placenta came after that, which is, which was also very, very painful. I didn't realize that would be painful um, with the doctors and nurses just, you know, pushing Mm. on your stomach really really hard to get that out um and i think i lost oh only about 1 liter of blood which i guess isn't too much but it was enough that they were just keeping an eye on me um and then they just re-stitched really me up um as they worked yeah, work yeah. on Oakley.
1: And how were you sort of feeling, um, I guess, for those next few hours after that once um, Oakley was okay? And, um, yeah, how did you sort of process, I guess, what had happened and what were the next couple of days like? How long did you spend in hospital and what was that all like?
0: Um, so Oakley was born at about uh, quarter past 11 at night um, and we stayed in hospital until that next morning um once he was breathing properly he came back um for skin to skin and tried to latch him on i think he did latch at that stage um but yeah he got lots of cuddles with um jesse before that because i was still kind of just flopped on the on the bed unable to do anything um yeah so we, we had our own room in the hospital for the night which was nice and um, trying to with, with a little bit of help from the nurses trying to yeah. feed him properly. And um, hmm, trying to think what happened after that. We got a couple of hours sleep that night um, in the hospital and then you know, all the visitors starting to arrive in the morning. Uh, and then we're able to leave for our birth centre uh, in Taomudu at about midday, I think, and spend a couple of days there. And that was really useful. The The midwives and nurses there were really lovely. And it's just really reassuring having, having them there to help because, yeah, you all of a sudden have mm-hmm. a baby and you don't know what's right and what's wrong and, you know, how to check if they're okay and what does it all mean. So that was really nice. Um, but I was really ready to go home by the end of the two days there. Um, yeah. I think I was still in shock that time and yeah, I wasn't, I didn't feel able to uh, connect or bond with Oakley straight away just because I was so shaken mm. by the whole experience. So um, yeah, I did feel like there was a little bit of distance there um, and I remember being jealous of Jesse because, you know, as soon as he saw Oakley or held Oakley, it was just, it's a yeah. thing for him. But um yeah, yeah. so that was a yeah. and
1: how did dance. you sort of deal with that? Were you talking with anyone about it or yeah, I guess how did you process those feelings and when did you notice that bond sort of growing stronger?
0: I didn't really talk to anyone other than Jesse. Um, we kind of kept to ourselves those first few days just to try or first few weeks um, just to try and get into a routine. But definitely after a few days or a week, um, you know I was um, forming those bonds with Oakley. Um, and I, yeah, yeah, of I love them to pieces now, um, but yeah, it did, it did take time. Um, yeah. And I think it was really quite an adjustment uh, having mm-hmm. him on me all the time. Like I, I, I felt like I wanted space. I wasn't used to it. And um, it was really difficult when he was feeding constantly and um, he was quite a big baby. He was um, nine pound 14 so he was <laughs> quite hungry. Um, yeah, and I just I just remember wanting to yeah. be by myself for a minute. Um, which I felt really bad about at the time, but um, yeah, I think I was talking about it yeah, For sure, it's such
1: a huge change in your life, and I think um, it's probably something we need to talk about more because I'm sure there's a lot of mums who experience the exact same thing and have never heard anyone else say it before, so I think it's really important
0: yeah yeah that's that's probably true I didn't I hadn't really hurt anyone else um with that experience Mm -hmm. I did feel a lot of guilt um and yeah felt like you know we'd been waiting all this time to meet our baby and then I wasn't um -hmm. I wasn't just in love with him as soon as I saw him like that's the kind of typical story you hear from people um yeah so it did take a bit of time but um but yeah once we formed that connection um Mm -hmm. yeah
1: it's not going yeah (laughs) awesome and what about your breastfeeding journey how have you found breastfeeding and what was it like initially and then how did it sort of progress from there
0: um it started out well the last uh sorry the first few days um were pretty good um my milk came in i think on the third on the third night um so he cluster fed all night um and he seemed to be latching fine and then after probably maybe 5 or 6 days um i just had incredible pain in both of my nipples um and i i i knew that um you know getting your nipples to adjust to breastfeeding um it was a little bit painful um but this was excruciating i was um i would shake and cry and i just it was mm-hmm. so sore every time he fed and um eventually i um saw a lactation consultant. She um, came to see if it was, you know, if it was the latch or if he had a tongue tie, um, which he did did end up having. But um, when she looked at my nipples, she said, yeah, that's not right. Um, And they were kind of, my nipples had almost been eaten away, Mm -hmm. like there were giant holes um, and it was just all raw flesh. Um, And so she took some swabs and it turns out that, while I was giving birth in hospital, I had contracted MRSA, mm. the superbug. Um, so that was, <laughs> that was unpleasant. Um, so I had to go on antibiotics, um, to clear that up. And during that process, um, my milk supply dropped. So we had to, um, supplement Oakley's feeds with a bit of formula, which was fine. Um, I didn't mind that at all. Um, but it was just annoying that, um, that the supply dropped once we'd got it to a good stage and then after that um you know after my nipples healed which took a few weeks um breastfeeding was fine um I did get mastitis I think I've had Mm -hmm. mastitis five times which is a bit unpleasant um and then when Oakley was about two months old I got an abscess in one of my breasts so one of the milk, blo- uh, milk ducts got blocked um, and the abscess formed and I tried everything to um, to get rid of the blockage, you know, like massage and heat and um, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I probably should have gone to the doctor sooner, but um, after it had been there for about two weeks, <laughs> I went to the doctor um, and the abscess took up about half of my boobs. So it was actually mm-hmm. really big yeah. and it was really, really painful. They sent us on to hospital, and um, pumped me full of antibiotics uh, and tried to drain it. Um, so that was the first option before they would have to actually surgically remove it. So they uh, they tried aspirating, sticking a needle in and sucking it out without any pain relief, which was um, mm. extremely unpleasant. Uh, and luck- luckily, all the fluid ended up um, leaking out. But yeah, it was it was pretty pretty bad in hospital for yeah, a poor poor thing. days um but yeah apart from that <laughs> yeah apart from all that um once we got into the swing of things and everything healed um breastfeeding's been yeah. it's quite the
1: um <laughs> quite the journey that you've been on your poor thing
0: yeah, yeah. i definitely wanted to give up um many times mm-hmm. i was just i was over the pain you know after um a very painful pregnancy and childbirth yeah. i just i was over it, <laughs> but. But, yeah, I'm glad I stuck
1: with it. And what about your um, physical recovery from birth? So how did you find that?
0: It wasn't too bad. Um, The stitches, I was really afraid that the stitches were going to hurt, but they they were fine. Uh, I did have a really sore back afterwards. Um, It was really difficult to walk and get up and down um, for the first few weeks. Um, But, yeah, other than that, it wasn't too bad. Uh, the hyperemesis and being bedridden had made me pretty unfit um so it was just really kind of getting my fitness mm-hmm. up in general but um yeah it was it was definitely better than I thought um the bleeding is obviously annoying um lasting for so long but but yeah it was kind of good to have my old body yeah. back although it <laughs> looked a bit different um it Nice (laughs) to be separated from Oakley and have him on the outside.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what about your emotional recovery from birth? So, obviously, um, an experience that you found quite traumatic, and um, yeah, I guess how did you process those feelings after he was born when you came home, and how are you sort of feeling about your birth now?
0: For the first few months, I didn't want to talk about the birth at all. occasionally I'd say little bits and pieces to Jessie, and I'd just cry I just it was just a horrible memory pretty Mm -hmm. much so yeah it took me a few good months before I was actually comfortable talking about it and when I did start talking I felt better um, and you know other people would share their stories um, and it would make me feel not so alone um, which was nice Um, and looking back on it now I feel that I probably handled it the best I could at the time, but um, I think in future doing, um, focusing more on the breathing, um, looking into hypnobirthing, which I hadn't actually heard of um, before I was born, and maybe trying some different different methods to help. Um, I have heard that induction is um, a lot more painful, so... (laughs) hopefully that's true and next time if I don't have, to have an induction then it won't be as bad but um but yeah um it's still not fun to look back on yeah. but um at least um I've got a bit of distance from it now yeah
1: yeah yeah and do you think that um like talking to someone professionally would be something that you'd recommend to others who might be in a similar situation but in those early stages or um yeah I guess have you got any advice or anything that you would have done differently?
0: Talking to someone probably would have helped um, because there was a lot of guilt associated with it, with the feelings I was having, Mm. Um, and I think it's probably easy to build up a bit of resentment towards um, the baby if you're not careful, um, which is completely normal, I I would say, Um, but definitely talking to a professional would help, Um, and if you're not comfortable with that, then talking to your partner. or any family and friends uh, that you're close with. I think just internalising it by yourself is really hard and just getting it off your chest um, does make you feel a lot lighter. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think (laughs) that's probably my advice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Awesome, thank you. And is there anything else that you'd like to share about your birth story or your postpartum journey?
0: I did forget to mention... um, during one of the checks during birth um so I was probably a good 10 or 12 hours into the labor and my waters had been leaking um consistently but not much yeah so they did did end up having to um, break the waters um with their little crochet thing that they do um and yeah the other pregnancy symptoms so yeah the reflux um swelling up like a balloon um and the hip pain, that was the other, yeah, the other really uncomfortable things in pregnancy. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think that's <laughs> most of it.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story, Kendall. I think it's really important that we have such a range of stories. And I know that a lot of other mums out there will take comfort in um, a lot of your story and hopefully feel a bit less isolated and alone. So I really appreciate you sharing your experiences.
0: no worries yeah thank you very much yeah it's um yeah it's been really kind of almost healing talking about it so yeah yeah, thank you
1: for having me no you're welcome thanks again for listening to this week's episode of kiwi birth tales i hope you've enjoyed it and another huge thank you to our sponsors for this week the balanced mama project Along with this week's episode there will be a giveaway so please go to the Kiwi Birth Tales Instagram to check that out and again I would love to hear from you on your socials, how you found the episode, share it with your friends, tag me in your stories, Um, yeah I'd love to connect with you. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you next week.